Alright, take number two. now all right is that better yep i can hear you all right cool all right so go ahead and turn your phone sideways other way there you go okay so uh how you been man i'm good man <laughs> life's getting back to normal in pittsburgh so uh i'm gonna try to turn you up just a little bit uh, to turn up. There we go. So, yeah, how is everything out there? Or I should say um, up there. It's good. Beaver County, unfortunately, where I live, is still in the red zone. Everything else in southwestern PA is yellow. But yeah. uh, we can just go to Allegheny County. So gyms yeah. are starting to open back up. Like Green Tree is going to be opening up soon, stuff like that. Oh, uh, okay. All right. Uh, are you running everything? Oh, well, I mean, well, so before we get into everything, um, I'll let you introduce yourself, um, kind of just give a background of kind of how we met and uh, how you got started and what you're doing currently. So I met you years ago coaching with Sean. Yeah. Um, and then Cal, you, you were up there. Sean was up there. So um, I was just working with Sean. So I met you through him. Uh, we coached a couple years together, then we both actually branched off from that club, but we didn't end up at the same club, but we kept in touch. Yeah. So um, this is Ty Zemanski. He is the director of ops for Sky Elite. Um, now, this is your – is it uh, Sky Elite's first year in club? First year of club team, yes. Year. Okay. Um, we did, like, private trainings and stuff, mm -hmm. but this is our first year of having teams. Okay. Because I know um, – the now is is the program the actual like sky elite overall program is it the first year of like of it running or it's been around for a little while uh second year of running like training so we're multi-sports so we have like football people we have basketball like we have all the going so like um that's been we has actually had two years of in business about last week i believe it was okay so i know um if anyone can't go find their uh, their Instagram, their Facebook profile, it's uh, Sky Elite. I'm trying to think. Sky Elite, uh, sports training. I want to say it's Sky Elite. Uh, Scott War Instagram is just Sky Development. Sky Development. Okay. Yeah. Um, go follow them. I know they actually have a lot of uh, high profile trainers with them now. Uh, I know you have at least one or two former NFL athletes, along yep. with some. Uh, Collegiate baseball coaches, I want to say. Yeah. Yep. So, so like, our football is uh, running back for the 49ers. And then another kid named Dakota, he played at the University of Arizona. Um, we got we got some pretty good athletes who played at very high levels. So, they know what it takes and what training it takes. So, they just want to give back just like we do. Yeah. So, kind of kind of talk your way through, like, high school and club up to coaching now and kind of where you've been everywhere in between so I started coaching right out of high school so my mother I'm a volleyball family my mother coached for 20 years my older brother played and coached um, my sister older sister played so I was in a gym since I was like two years old in a volleyball gym so 
um, right out of high school. Actually, while I was in high school, it was a small private private school called St. Gabriel's. Um, very talented program. Like they, a lot of the players would go to like Baldwin High School in Pittsburgh and stuff like that, where they were whippy on state contenders every year. Um, so I started there with my mother. I was like assistant slash head coach with my mother as like co-head coach, her and I. Um, we we did very well there. A lot of like section championships, diocese championships. There's no state playoffs in middle school. And then I started assistant coaching in high school at a couple of local high schools. Um, got away from that. And then I actually, I was in club every year also. So I started with Pittsburgh Magic. Then I went, went with Sean and you. And then um, I went back to Magic. Magic closed down. And I kind of wanted to do my own thing up in Beaver County anyways. So that's where I'm at now. So I know kind of me and you did a little bit, just like you said, like a little bit of that parallel. You know, we got together, stayed in touch throughout the whole thing, saw each other at camps, tournaments and whatnot. And then we kind of started to break off. And I know me and you kind of started at least developing our own thing about the same time. And it just, yep. for me, it was like, I just, I was going to move in a year. And I was like, you know, I have a chance to coach a pit elite. And I was like, I'm just going to take it. And you know, I think it was probably close to the same thing for you in, in Magic because I know you started moving up in Magic before that shut down. Yeah, when I went back to Magic, I was the director of player development there. Yeah. So, and I know they were. Was it um, trying to think all the all the clubs and what the big ones were at least uh, Pitley Revolution, Pit Magic, uh, Pit United, and P3R. Yep. I, uh, I know Pitt United's like one of the farther down rankings, at least now. And uh, you guys, from, from what I saw, I mean, you guys did really well this year with the yeah. season that we had. Um, and I know we were supposed to meet up in uh, actually two weeks. I uh, know. I was looking forward to it. So you were supposed to come down here and play Coastal Classic, which would have been awesome. Um, because I know I actually – me, we had talked and um, talked about like trying to do a clinic while you're down here or, you know, have your athletes come in and train. And uh, it's one of those cool things where all these tournaments kind of get to reconnect everything. Yep. Yeah, I was looking forward. I was going to come down a couple of days early, hang out with you guys for a little bit, maybe do some volleyball stuff and then head to the tournament. Well, Hopefully do well there, have a fun time. So, but, um, so with um, – like with coaching, I know you've been at the middle school. You actually went back and coached at St. Gabe's for a little while. And then um, coach high school now is at Beaver. Yes. And then um, along with club, and you had a little bit of a stint in D3. So, like, out of out of all of those, what's probably your most favorite, like, level to coach? I mean, it all depends. Like, my high school team's hungry. When it comes to coaching club, though, when you get, like, the 18-year-olds, what I found out is once they have their scholarships, it's not that they're dialed out, but for that season, they're not as hungry anymore. So, um, for club, I like anywhere 16 is a great age because going from a sophomore to junior in high school is, like, where you can usually make a name for yourself in, like, the local, like, you can have a dominant year as a junior and make some noise for yourself. So, I like that age. 16 is fun. 17, what I have this year is, is really fun. You know, like, they're all trying for scholarships. They're, they're talking about having going to colleges, these visits. This coach emailed me this. I'm like, yep. So that's, that's fun. Just seeing, like, the players succeed 
like whatever they're done or whenever like they're at an older level is the best feeling as a coach. Yeah. And I know um, actually some of the girls that you guys have like featured on Instagram and stuff, I remember working with here and there, like um, was, um, Macy's little sister, Eden. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm, I mean, she's same thing as Macy's probably going to go play D one somewhere. Um, I know Macy moved to Marshall. Yeah, she's past. at Marshall now. She transferred so, from West Virginia to Marshall. Yeah, which was, I mean, it's still really cool to see. I actually know the um, the men's uh, strength coach, the men's basketball strength coach there came uh, came from Coastal. Uh, Matt Matt Donaldson. Okay. Probably runs into him in the weight room throughout the season, which is actually it's just another thing that's really funny about our community. You just everybody knows everybody somehow. Yep. Yep. Um, I know, I know personally, I'm probably about the same, same way you are about the 16, 17s is, is that, that prime age where they really like all those gears start to click. And then yeah, once you get them in front of a coach or they have a coach walk up to you, like you personally process the coaches and say, Hey, can we talk to this person? Or is this person still open? You know, and they, they get that first like flutter. It's like, yeah, it's like, oh, they want to talk to me? Like, yeah. they're, like, surprised. And I know I had I had one this year, um, uh, 18s. Um, she had a coach walk up to her, and she's like, you know, or walk up to me and say, hey, do you mind if I talk to her? I was like, yeah, sure, go right ahead. And, you know, I pulled her aside, and she kind of walked over to me and didn't really know what to say to me. She's like, she actually wanted to talk to me. And I was like, yeah, it's more of a common occurrence than you realize. Yeah. When I, when we were at uh, the MLK kickoff, yep. one of the best feelings was I had a coach come up to me after one of our matches, and he's like, I'll take your whole team. And it's just like – I was like, I'll give you all their contact information. And he's like, I'll take any one of them that they want – that wants to come. And I was like, that's a pretty cool feeling. Oh, yeah. That's – as a coach, you feel validated when that happens. Yeah. And I, that's the – for us, or at least – I'll say for me as a coach is when you get a compliment like that. And then when you see one of those athletes succeed at the higher level, yeah, yep. I think those are the two best feelings you could have. I mean, one I'll say. Oh, I'm about like lifestyle. Like it, it's teaching them one thing on the court, but you got to teach them like what real world's going to be like too. Like it's not all sunshine and rainbows. You're going to have bumps, but in the end, if you persevere, you will be on the winning side of things. So, um, I know me and you never really got, I think we played like one tournament together, um, which was actually kind of sad that we only got to play in one tournament. Yep. But it was funny because we went back to um, your old stomping grounds at Baldwin. Yep. And then, um, which if anyone has any idea when you say, oh, yeah, you went and played in like a holiday tournament or something, you're like, yeah, well, holiday tournament for down here would be like, you know, guys that play beach and pick up and stuff, you know, you go up Pittsburgh area. You're like, yeah, we're playing a holiday tournament. Okay. That's the question is who's going to be there. Cause it's all division one guys. It's all, yeah, it's all just like college club kids playing together. It's actually pretty, that's why I enjoy is playing like kids like that. Yeah. And that's why the, 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 the pickup game up there is so different. Like down yeah. here, pickup game is like a D three lower than a D three level. Unless you go play beach doubles. And so it's, it gets hard. It gets hard sometimes, man. Like I've got three, three, four coaches, including myself for, for club. 
and man, you try and hold on to them down here, it's difficult. I mean, that's the one thing I've noticed. Like, I looked at the Pit Elite roster um, for their coaches, and I know, you know, every year you exchange somebody. And I yep. mean, even you guys at some point, you know, you're going to exchange people and you're going to add people on, but it's yep. simple, which is strange. It's strange here. How like simple. finding coaches. Yeah. Um, for our club, I'm blessed for the coaches I have. They're, they're all incredible. So it's been, it's and like you said, there's options. There's definitely options up here. You know what I mean? You know, you have, you have all these people who live in such a metropolis and you've got what, four or five D1 schools right around there on top of yep. three, you got two or three D2 and an NAIA school right there in, in downtown. So you have all those coaches, those assistant coaches, yep. all those players. And here, like, you've got Coastal. And then the, the, the next closest ones are down in Charleston, or you go out to, like, Francis Marion, which is a D2. So okay. unless someone moves here and plays, you're, yep. you're pretty short. I'm on my way. But, Coming down. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But um, so with like to kind of like back up on the like the favorite age to coach um, in what ages, like what age gaps or what age groups do you think is the most progress made in high school or club? We'll just say in the in the development between we'll say starting at like eight or nine and okay. all the way to 18. I mean, it depends what age you start. So like up in Beaver County where I'm at, the middle schools up here don't start until seventh grade, but I have teams in the South, which is like pretty much in Pittsburgh. And those kids are mostly private school kids who start in fourth and fifth grade. Um, so I'd say like, once you start understanding the game and how it works, I don't really know what age I would say, but once you actually understand the game of volleyball and like how to look across the net and figure out what's going on to create an advantage for yourself. Um, so I think like volleyball IQ is good. So I'd probably say around like, Seventh to ninth grade, I would say. Okay. So, like, a 13 to 15, almost? Yeah, I would say. Yeah. And then, like, more skilled stuff, like, definitely, like, 16s probably. I think at age 16, you can start teaching players, like, the more, like, at that point, if you've had them for a few years, you, you, ha you have them stick to the developments, developmental stuff. But when you get, it like, in the older ages and more advanced, you can also see some, like, pick up there and – um like, it all depends. But for the most development, I'd say, like, yeah, 13 to 15. Yeah. Learning uh, the game, figuring the game out. So, like, with, with teaching the whole IQ, um, I know my thing is is discerning between um, comprehension issues and um, a willingness to learn. And it's right. trying to figure out where the athlete like leans like are yep. they they choosing to not or are they choosing to not try or you know are they is there an issue somewhere or is it just you know can they grasp at anything that you teach them like how do you how do, how do you deal with that um like up and you know it's it's hard because the culture up there for volleyball is so different from down here okay so like you're you guys, and I've said this a lot down here, is we're five years behind. 
Okay. And it's like with the experience and everything, the resources, um, kind of how things are done. It's very laid back and it's, there's not a whole lot of structure. And I think a lot of that to just South Carolina in general, I know when you get to the bigger cities like Columbia, it's right. a lot easier because same thing, you have a metropolis, you've got a bigger city, but with how you see it and how you coach, how do you deal with those, those first roadblocks when it comes to like the athlete going, well, it doesn't make sense to me or, you know, over and over and over saying, well, I'm not getting it or it, this, it, this doesn't work. Um, so for me, I, I like to refer back to like my phone and the video a lot because we'll take like a video of them. If it's like a skill development type thing issue they're having is we'll go back and I'll, I'll have it on video and then that me and that athlete will go watch it and I'll be like, do you see this? And, and we want to do this this way. So like the fact that you and I both have played and are actually able to legit show players like what we want, like physically ourselves, I think that creates an advantage for us. Um, and then if it's like, if we're watching film for a game, I would, um, I would like stop the video and I'd be like, what do you guys see? Like, cause I always tell them like, there's easy points everywhere, create a mismatch, create an advantage for yourself somewhere. So like at first I'll tell them or if like we're in the middle of a match, I'll be like, this is here. But like, if we're in practice or in a game or watching video, I'm like, I'll stop the video. I'll be like, the person's about to attack the ball. I'm like, what do you see? Like. What, what opening do you see? What should you be communicating to one another? So, like, almost freeze-framing things and saying, like, having them explain it back to you is, is I found, very, like, it's, it's good for the athletes to actually – because if you, like, if we tell them everything, for me anyways, they'll be like, okay, I've heard that 40 times. Like, yeah. so stopping and showing them or freeze-framing things. So, so what's your cutoff for the holding hand to – figure it out on your own like like what's your cutoff to where like i've given you the tools now are you actually going to use them what's my like what's uh, where, where's your we'll say where's your assistance cut off like besides oh, okay keep the ball you know i want you to show me this and then teach me uh like if i show you a couple times i always tell them like have you ever done this before? They're like, no. I'm like, okay, so you might not, it's not normal. So you might not look normal the first couple of times. I said, but try it a couple of times. Like trust, trust yourself, trust what we're teaching you and see if it works for you. Like see if it works. So like, I'm just like, try it. You might look, look like normal. It might not feel normal, but if you do anything for the first time, is it going to feel normal? No, because you've never done it. Uh, yeah. Cause I know, I know with me, I'm a very, I mean, and I, I, I saw it in you too, a very logical person. So it's like you have your problem in front of you and you have the ability. I know what I like to tell them is you have all the tools. You just don't know how to use all of them yet. And I think once you start throwing them into situations and you kind of say, okay, we have to do a little trial by fire. And then once you start using the tools the first couple of times um, to not let that just go away but to kind right. of use one tool and not so much drive it in the ground, but kind of ingrain it in their mind and just yep. do that one thing for an hour and a half, two hours, whatever it is, because it becomes not, I mean, it might become monotonous for them, but I think it's, it's part of the process. Right. To it. So I think like if you're doing that, if it's like a skill set, I'd say like 
repetition because in volleyball it's such a fast game that if you're on the court thinking you're going to be like you're going to be late so like it's repetition and just getting it feeling comfortable for you yeah um i know i know for me uh one of the things i talked about yesterday was like one of the hardest skills to teach and you can break this down by basics or by position and i know i mean i'll say like by basics and I'm talking just general passing, general hitting. Um, what what would be your pick to have, to say what the hardest skill to teach is? And now I'm not I'm not talking like angled passing, you know, tempo passing, tempo. Yeah. I'm talking just basic basic setting, basic swings, basic footwork, things like that. Um, like would serve receive work? Like a service? Uh, yeah. Is that we're looking for. Yeah, it's I mean, like serve receive because there's so many different things. A float serve. There's like t people are teaching these hybrid serves now, jump spin, top spin serves. So there's so many different angles and stuff because serve receive is a lot different, almost technical wise, than defense in some aspects. So like there's so many different versions of serve receive. So you got like make sure you go over all of them with each kid, which is a lot of different like skill sets. So like a top spin serve receive is your platform is probably a little bit different than a float serve. You're yeah. probably a little bit deeper and topspin higher on a foot, stuff like that. So I know, I know with, with me personally, um, whenever I tackle this with athletes and it's more, it's more or less, uh, it comes from parents or usually like outside eyes. And they're like, well, why don't they, why don't they back up? Why don't they back up from the start? And I just go, you know, I'm a big person on footwork. Because yeah. if you can't move your feet, you know, it's considered lazy. I mean, you see – and you always see with the lower programs, club, high school, middle school, and they start they, – they end up cheating. And they start like three steps back, and then they get short-served. And then they get yelled at, well, why weren't you up? Yeah. I mean, it's, and it's, it's the same logic, to, you know, logic over and over and over. And it's, it's very difficult to try and show somebody that without bringing up like, you know, a higher, higher – uh, athletic clip of it, like a, you know, D1 libero or, you know, international serve receive or something. How yeah. do you, like, how have you tackled that when you try to explain it to parents or to someone else when they say, well, why don't they just move back from the start? Um, I'm pretty bold and upfront with them. I'm just like, well, this is what I'm teaching them. So like, it doesn't matter if you think it's the most wrong thing in the world. If I'm teaching this and they do that, it's just, it's not going to work. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm pretty, I'm pretty like, if it's like a parent type thing, I'm just like, I don't, I'm just like, you, you're not like, I'm with them every day and here's what we do. No disrespect, but like, this is what we, this is what we do. This is what we teach. So we're going to go by it. I, th I think that's the hard part. Hardest part that like we as coaches with club face is you're asking you're, I mean, you, you have the athlete that buys into the process, you know, we'll say that yeah. hypothetically. Um, even after accepting the offer to play club, they still have to buy into it. So if we bypass that, you know, you're asking for a blind acceptance from the parent. And I've yeah. always found that's the hardest part of the whole club experience. Right. So it's, I think it's one of those things I've talked to people, um, coaches, college club athletes and, you know, go like my honest opinion is I think sometimes parents are the downfall of, of athletics. Oh, a hundred percent. And 100%. it's, it gets really hard to tell some people 
because they, you know, they think their kid's good and that's fine. Like it's perfectly fine. I love the fact you believe in your kid. And then there, there has to come into a, a play that, you know, you're also a big fish in a very, very small pond. Yep. So I know me personally, there's been plenty of times like over the years where I've kind of just, you just let them talk. I mean, yeah. And I think, you know, you can speak on this too. I think having their, their kid fail is the most eye-opening thing. Yeah, I agree with that. I've actually had some parents where I've had to honestly like sit them down and tell them that you're hurting your kids. Like they're trying to keep in contact with this college coach. I'm like, they don't want to hear from you. I said, stop reaching out and have your daughter reach out because she's like, this person kept like trying to reach out and like talk for her daughter. I'm like, they want to talk to your daughter. And the college coach was literally like, this mom is going to, like, the mom's going to be a problem. Like, we want to talk to the athlete. And that's pretty much – so I always tell them, like, we have – I have meetings before every season. I'm like, college coaches, they want to hear from your athletes. So, like, they need to be sending me emails. Um, they, they'll, they'll have you on the visits and stuff, but, like, it's for the athlete. So, like, let your athlete do the talking. She's going to be an adult soon if they're looking at colleges. I was like, you got to let them – you got to let them like step up to the plate here. No, I think that's, that's perfect because there's way too much like helicopter parenting. And I think it's uh, even in the time that, that we, that we coach now, I think the participation aspect of it is starting to go down at least in paid athletics, like what we do, but you still have those people that, you know, there's some kind of entitlement where, they put down a certain financial aspect to it. And then they feel like something's supposed to be given to them. And right. it's hard. It's kind of hard to explain to somebody like, you know, yeah, you're paying for club, but it's still, you're still not paying for club. Like you're, you're paying for someone else to teach your child more than just athletics. And right. it's about perseverance, grit, you know, growing up. Like I treat, you know, and obviously it depends. Same way with you. You know, we have our own our own ways of doing things. But, I mean, once you get used to an athlete, and that athlete starts understanding how you coach and how you act, you I start training them all the same, whether they're 11 years old or they're 18 and they're going into college. Right. And, you know, obviously as they get older, you are harder on them or you place more responsibility on them. Right. So. For me, that was the biggest part. That was the biggest for my school team. Um, I, I came from Pittsburgh to Beaver County, so I'm about 35 miles out of the city of Pittsburgh. So, like, when I took that job, I didn't know anyone. I didn't know anything out there. But I seen a job, and I reached out, ended up getting the job. And as soon as my players realized, like, the tougher I am on you, it's because I care about you more. Like, the whole the whole shift of the season, like, my career at Beaver so far changed. Yeah. And they finally – and I give them credit because that's a tough thing to realize, like, why is he being so tough on me today? And then, like, they finally grasped it. It's like, because he wants to, like, he knows we can do it. So, like, we, he wants us to know we can do it. Yeah. And I know, like, one of, the, one of the funniest things I've ever gotten told was by a middle schooler. And she looked at me in the middle of practice one day and goes, why aren't you ever happy with us? Like, every time that we finish something, you, you, you don't always go, well, good job, good job. And I said, well, 
if I'm content with what you just accomplishing one thing, I'm not doing my job. Right. And I think that's the hardest thing is giving praise at the right time, but not every time. I agree. Cause you'll tell an athlete like that's you'll stop and they'll be like, and you'll like make a big scene. Like that's exactly why I wanted like getting excited for him. And then it's like, okay, he's satisfied. So that that's done now. So yeah. like the focus of it's kind of gone and out the window. Once that happens, I've learned sometimes. Yeah. Like it's, that's, I think that's sometimes the hardest decision is when to do it and how to do right. it. I mean, you know, you see me, you know, get ecstatic. I've seen you do the same thing and it's, it's still a, a moment to moment thing for us. Like right. we react the same way nine out of 10 times, but not get the same response, maybe four out of 10 times. Yep. And it's, it's, it's weird because you have to have some kind of vague, I'm not going to say vague, but a decently good understanding of body language. I was going to say, you have to have an understanding of the situation that you're yeah. in. So Yeah, there's that, there's that psychology aspect to coaching that, you know, if you don't have an open mind, it gets real difficult. Right. So, like, with, like, within club, I'm going to change gears a little bit. Um, okay. Within club, um, what's your favorite, we'll say – Favorite place to travel to and favorite tournament to coach at? I mean, I love coming down to the beach to play some volleyball at the end of the year. <laughs> uh, so I always look forward to them. I always extend my trips a couple of days before and after. Um, but I like the bigger tournaments where, like, like, MLK with, like, thousands of teams up there. Like, I love tournaments like that, too. So, like, probably, like, more like challenges or more like qualifiers I enjoy. Yeah. But obviously, I love going to the beach to play some volleyball. So, which I know there's there's a big one. Um, you got to go to it. I haven't yet. Is um, well, there's two actually. Uh, Spike Fest and um, uh, the JVA World Challenge in Kentucky. They're both. I mean, um, so for the one up in Marshall, which is Spike Fest, the I, I believe they don't have it open to national teams. I believe that's a regional challenge. Yeah. So there's a handful of my teams that can be sent, a handful that can't. Um, but JVAs in Kentucky, I mean, I'm also in love with Louisville, Kentucky. So just like the place and everything, how it sits there. Um, but the tournament up there, you're going to see you're going to see some of the best teams in the country from up in Canada, from Puerto Rico. So that's also like I love international play, too. So in, uh, like at MLK, there were some teams from Canada. Our four teams got to play a team from Puerto Rico which was cool for them to get that experience for them. And that's the same thing. I love, uh, I love having the young teams and then in the same wave or maybe just the start of the next wave, you have like the 18 opens or the 17 opens and yep. you get to expose them to all that stuff, which is awesome. Yeah. Like for our, so my 17s played, my 17s and my 14s went to MLK. My 14s, they're very talented. I actually was an assistant coach for them. Um, but then they won four straight tournaments, but they loved, and it's really cool to see with, I'm sure with you, if you've had it yet is like having your teams playing like one location and having like your 14s come over to your 17s. Cause like I would bring some of my 17s to like the 14s practices to like my setter to help their setter, stuff like that. So like they looked up to them and then to see the girls that they look up to play at that high level. And like for my girls to see the girls that they're looking up to them, it's just like a cool moment to see. Yeah. And he, you end up developing that, that like, family, the whole yep, exactly. 
Like, and I, it's very difficult sometimes when, when you get to the bigger, bigger, bigger clubs to have the, the 18s know who the 12s are. Yep. And it's, you know, it's one of those things which I, I, I really pride like a five tab, like a lot of those bigger ones that, that do that still because yep. it, it's such a huge demand um, overall, like not personally with, you know, the girls themselves, but it shows, I think it shows a lot of maturity within that program. Yep. And I mean, it's cool to hear from you because, you know, I know you guys are, we'll say, we're, we're small at the moment and, you know, same thing for us, but it's also nice to see and hear that from other clubs and to, to have everyone know who everybody is. Because that was one big thing for me was regardless of how big the club is I'm coaching at or running, if I don't know everybody that's in there, that's a problem. Yeah. And it's crazy. I'm terrible with names. I'll be the first to admit that. But I knew because I cared about it so much, I knew every player in the club's name within like two weeks, which is extraordinary for me (laughs) because me and names don't go great. So. I mean, it's just a cool feeling to see. And, like, our whole slogan that, like, we do for, like, breaks and hulls and stuff, it's, like, we hashtag SkyFam. So, nice. like, that's something that, like, with the girls have T-shirts with that on. So, like, we kind of, like, market ourselves. Like, we want to be, like, a family, like, type club where we know everybody. Like, we want to be – we're here because we want to better you, like, get you ready for success in the future, stuff like that. So, um I do have one more question for you, and it's actually um, – I haven't, I haven't titled what the question really is, but it's more of like an attribute matching to a position. So okay. you have um, your pen hitters, so your outside right side, your setter, middle hitters, and your libero. Now, I just – I paired the libero with the DS just because at for this question, they're interchangeable. Okay. Um, You've got four different attributes. Um, one is called engine. It's your endurance or your work ethic player. Uh, maestro, so your ball control. Marksman, which would be your hitting and reaction. Um, and backbone, which would be your advanced footwork and core awareness. Okay. So I want you to pair those with your positions and give an exp- uh, explanation for each one. Um, okay. I'll answer that. But for that, I will say that, like, I want everything. So how I coach is, like, I want to get my middle hitter going. I always preach if we can get our middle hitter going, that opens up our whole offense. But in return to that is I can't get my middle hitter going without passing. So I need my engine, my stud, my rock to be my libero DS, I would say. Okay. Um, Setter, if our ball control's in, they're important. And if you have a good offense – but you can also put a ball, just tell them to put a high four ball to your hitters or a two ball, bring your outside in for a two ball out of the middle, which is pretty fundamental. Yeah. Um, so I want my marksmen to be my pin hitters. Okay. Like I can place the ball where they need to place it. Yeah. And what were the other two? Uh, you've got backbone and maestro. So your, your, your backbone is going to be your court awareness and your footwork, and your maestro is going to be your ball control. Oh. Um, I'm going to have my setter be the, uh, court leader one. Okay. She runs the whole offense. And for me, I like to communicate to my girls through my setter. 
So me and my setter during matches will make eye contact a lot, and I will – because they run the offense. They're the ones who usually – and huddles are, like, the ones usually leading the talk. But I tell all my players, like, you see something, like, communicate to one another. But I want my setter to be, like, my floor captain pretty much, the one who, like, runs the – runs the game, sets the tempo, the flow of the game, stuff like that would be my setter. So to actually – which this is a question I haven't asked before, um, but when you have a setter that is, we'll say experience-wise, young, how do you get them to – and actually how do you get athletes to get over the whole emotional side of telling someone they need to do their job without – the you know the mental repercussion of they're gonna hate me what's reword that uh so you know how whenever whenever we watch athletes when they first start playing and they're scared to like tell somebody hey i need this how do you how do you get them to understand that it's not personal um we want our teams want to win so like we all have one common goal usually which we set and we go over and usually their common goal is we want to come out of this with a victory and we want to get better. So they know that, like, you've seen me, Coach. I can be tough sometimes. So, like, my my athletes are pretty pretty tough-minded kids, I would say. Um, but, uh, like, we just – if we all have one common goal, there's going to be bumps along the way. But, like, we, we're doing it because we want to, as a unit, as a family, like, come out of this successful with a victory. Yeah. So, so it's – Kind of saying it's more, it's more individualistic. Like yep. it's a more of maturity. I'm, I'm not going to say. Uh, I mean, I guess it is kind of a, a selfish trait. Kind of saying like almost like a why me, instead of saying like what can I help you with. Right. So, um, so what I'm going to do is I'm not going to turn the commenting on because I'm actually this makes it a little easier to talk with all the. Uh, font and everything going in front of your face. Um, so there's a little question mark on the bottom. This is kind of for everybody else. Um, if you have a question or something, just put it through that. That way I can read it and we can just make this real smooth. Um, I do have um, trying to think uh, one other thing and that is what what are your goals long term for Sky Lee? Um, we would love our own facility just because we are multi-sport. So like something like a green tree sportsplex would be great for us. Um, and we just, we want to train athletes who are motivated and we do, we do more than like just coaching on the court. So we just wanted like just to develop as many athletes as we can without taking too many, but like we want to like kind of mentor these kids into like, they want to play college ball to go play college ball, whatever they want to do. Yeah. Um, I know my my thing is, I mean, I, I, I like that. And I think that's a big reason why I do like strength training is you can't you can't fake it in a weight room. And I know it's the same thing with you guys whenever you're doing, especially with one on ones. And then when you have those guys doing your performance training is you can't you can't fake a movement. Right. Like there's something there's just something about it. You just you there's no way you can get around. You can you can cheat on a test. You can you can kind of hide yourself on a court, but you can't you can't get away from a number. That's the yep. one thing, and you can't, you can't get away from being alone. Right. 
So we do have a question. I can get this. Um, there you go. Uh, how do you install, sorry, not install, instill, can't read. How do you instill confidence in your players when you are not winning a game or just in general? How do I instill confidence? Yeah, when you're not winning or just in general? I mean, I think for me, even as an adult and for these kids, I try telling my athletes I believe in them and that, like, I'm picking them over anyone else at this moment. So, like, I always tell my teams in, like, big moments, I'm like, listen, I believe in you guys. So, like, I need you to believe in yourself that you can do this. And then I go back. I was like, you guys put in all this work. I said, make it worth your time. And just telling them that, telling them that you believe in them, for me, especially to my athletes, is, like, I think it really, like, takes a note on, like, where they're at is, like, if he believes in us, like, we should be able to believe in ourselves type thing. Yeah. And I know there's, there's another big thing I that I, I preach and I think you do as well is I would rather see someone swing and make an error rather than go up and tip a ball. Yep. Like, I'd rather see someone go out with some type of aggression and fight than kind of laying back and saying, well, you know – I couldn't do it because, or, you know, I wasn't able to get to the ball because, you know, it's, it's always nice to see athletes that, that go for things sometimes with a reckless abandonment. Did you happen to watch our um, state playoff game when we were no, on TV? Um, so it was four set against North Catholic who ended up winning the state championship. Um, extra bonus points. And like our team, like I always preach, I'm like, regret is one of the worst feelings in the world so like at any moment if they're like in a funk or something's wrong I'm like don't waste your time like regret stinks and you can't get it back um but we went out it was like it was like probably 27 to 26 and actually little McElhaney um third receiver was a little off the off net she was coming out for a pipe and the first time she got a friendly roll but after that it hit the tape fell back on our side and I'm like there goes our chance at state. But I was like, you guys, like, worked your butts off. There's no reason, like, they beat us tonight. Like, we played well. They played well. It's It was an insane volleyball game. Yeah. Um, I was like, you guys don't have regret right now. Like, you guys fought your butts off. So, like, they shake their hands, tell them good job, and we'll be back next year. Yeah. yeah so, like, that I'll swing, like, and still confidence. Yeah. Yeah, that's, and that's, that's always another hard thing to do is how do you – is, is rebounding after something like that and is, is really realizing like internally, like, you know, I did my job, but you know, just tonight either wasn't it or they just, they clicked better. And so what that's kind of our goal next time is we need to like, our good has to be better than their good. Yep. So it's, it's one of those things like, I know, I know you guys, I, you know, we'll, go as a team and go watch a match or um, I, I know what I used to do, what I did in this past high school season was the first 15, 20 minutes of practice. I would stream uh, like a men's or a women's um, international match yep. and just say, all right, you know, we'll watch about two, three minutes. You know, it could be, you know, five, 10 points and then you go, okay, you know, what did you guys notice in the last couple of plays? Or, you know, in the middle of a serve receive, stop it right on the pass and say, okay, where do you think that they're going to sit? 
which, you know, kind of going back to what you were talking about with the video is, you know, exposing them to something bigger than them. Yep. So we have another question. Um, how would you describe your coaching style? Um, so I tell my players, I love you all the time and I only like you some of the time. So like, I'm pretty, I'm pretty tough on them. And like I said, my teams have done a really good job, like knowing cause it's, I want them to succeed and stuff. So I get, I get into it, you know, I get passionate about it. So I'm like, I don't want to say, I don't know what word to use, but I'm like a motivator, like type coach where if you're not working hard, I'm going to let you know that you're not working hard and that I expect you to be pushing yourself a little bit better. Cause again, it comes back to time. Like if you're here, you're, you're in the gym, like you're nowhere else. Like this is your time. And this is like temporary, take advantage and enjoy it and work hard for it. If not, you should be doing, you should not be doing this. You should be doing something else hundred percent because as you get old, like us now, um, times like, man, where did all that time go? Yeah. And it is weird to think back, like we, when me and you first started and it seems like now you sit down and think about it, it's like ages ago and you go, that's, you know, what, two, two full college careers. Yep. And to think of it that way, you go, you know, we've at this point essentially gone through someone's entire volleyball career from ninth grade through college. And yeah, like I have these middle schoolers that like I had in like fifth grade and they're like graduating high school. And I'm just like, I don't know if it's you or me, but we're old. Like, yeah, what happened? I'm right there with you. Um, so how would you like in like one or two sentences, how would you describe your um, coaching philosophy? Mm, like, I don't, I don't understand like what you mean by uh, philosophy. So, I mean, I, I guess you kind of already like touched on a little bit with, uh, you know, I love you all the time. I only like you some of the times. Yeah. So just to kind of like elaborate, we'll say a little bit more on that. So more like, um, what's your what's your ultimate uh like what's your backbone to your coaching style like what's hard the work. Hard, okay. hard work yep hard work dedication passionate i guess passionate could be my coaching one that that question was on yeah I'm a passionate yeah, coach. yeah it, it, it works with a little bit of both of them for sure yep uh, what would be i guess i've got my my last question that i kind of like ask everybody this what's your your end goal or your dream job with um, volleyball? I mean, I would love to just be in the gym every day, training athletes, working with athletes, whether it be on the court, whether it be like in the weight room. So like having a, having your own facility and like that be your job is just working with these athletes and with these kids and like your own facility would probably be my, my, my dream goal. All right. Um, how do you, I mean, you kind of elaborated on this at the start, um, but how do you handle, like, criticism with parents? Um, I, I'll, I'm very, very upfront and honest with parents. So, like, if they ask me a question, I'm going to give them my honest answer, whatever it is. Like, why isn't she playing as much? I was like, well, in practice the other day, she was sitting over there, like, didn't touch the court once, didn't come on the court. So, like that's why or oh she's failing a class so she can't play and the, the kid didn't want to tell the parent that but I will be the one to tell them that so like 
You know what I mean? So yeah. whatever you ask me, you're going to get my, you're going to get an answer that like is pretty on, on point with it's good or bad, whether you want to hear it or not. You know what I mean? Like this is the answer. So, and like in, in club practice, I have a rule um, that practices are closed. Um, so no parents allowed, it's just the coaches and the athletes. Um, I know my, my reason behind it is just to eliminate any um, kind of undermining and like opinions of things that there's not a full understanding of what's going on because right. you can't hear everything. Um, do you, do you do something like that uh, within sky? Um, I, the only thing, no, my parents are out in practices. I have girls traveling from like, actually from Baldwin all the way up to Beaver County, which is like over an hour drive. So like, and we practice later. So like, they don't know anything that's around there. So they're allowed in. Um, they're not allowed their cell phones during practice. If I see them on their cell phone, they're going to have some type of consequence. Um, and don't be looking up at your pitch. Usually for young girls, don't be looking up at your parents. Like after you pass a ball, like don't, don't look up there. Like we're here, focus in here. They're not here right now. Yeah, and I know that's usually um, – I've got more comfortable with it, especially during tournaments, is having the parents understand, like, you know, your coach is mad at you. It's still the athlete's problem. It's not the parent's problem. And, you know, barring any, you know, profanity, obviously, or, like, derogatory talk, right. it's it's something like, you know, I've, I've taken a tongue lashing as an adult in a coaching position before. And at some point you have to just go, okay, what do you need me to do? Well, you know, it's, yeah, good. So like, you got to have an understanding that like you, we have like over 60 plus athletes just in our volleyball. Like if, if we make 60 plus people happy every time, all the time, I was like, I would set up a course and make millions on it of how to do it. Like you're not going to please everybody. It's impossible. Yeah. So like as soon as you like we're gonna try to, but like you might disagree with the decision I make and that's okay. And that's it's it's always a hard thing because I look at it this way, we we work in two of the three hardest fields you can. And that is someone's money, someone's kid, someone's food. Mm -hmm. So you got you got the two most critical ones and but the moment you get their kid in the wrong position yeah it gets it gets real testy but i know i know between me and you it's been one of those things that i think we've gotten really good at especially when you know we both started right out of high school or yep. right out of college um I know when me and you coached together, uh, I was 20, I was 20, I want to say, no, 21, I think I was 21, and you were 20, right? You're, you're, you're under me? When did you graduate? Oh, eight. No, I graduated 2011, so I would have been... Oh, you're three, 18. I probably yeah. was 18 then. Yeah. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. So I know me and you had that like stigma of trying to garner that respect, not only from the athletes, but from the parents, you know, on both sides. And yeah, we're only a few years different depending on who we're coaching, but you kind of got to 
give us a little leeway and let us do our job. Yeah, I think for me and you, like, it would be you'd, like, set one of us a ball, like, on a, on a first of all, it's a girl's net, but we'd set each other and, like, put the ball straight down. They'd be like, oh, he can he, he can play, I guess. So, you know what I mean? Like, we could – if they seen us play or something like that, especially, like, for, like, you're hitting on, like, a low net or something or just, like, messing around, if you can show that, like, you've been there and that you can play, that, like, almost instantly can, like, give you some respect or credentials to your name just because, like, you've been there, you've done that, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I know, I know that's that was uh, that was my biggest thing coming down here, was no one had seen me play, no one knew my, my my coaching background, and the thing that helped me the most was actually getting in with Coastal. Right. So, like once I got in with Coastal, it made everything so much easier. It gave me a backing that I probably couldn't have gotten anywhere else. I mean, right. I, I was even thinking about talking to like um, like Robert Morrison Pitt about possibly going with them and, like, volunteering if I had the time, which at the time I didn't. Right. But, you know, it's just one of those things. You start connecting with the right people and you start hanging around the right people. And then those people, like those athletes and those parents, they start seeing that. And I think that's kind right. of you – know, with that, they, they see that and they go, well, he does know what he's doing or she, she right. does know what he's doing. And it's not just a social hour. It's not just me and you BSing all the time and joking. It's like, yeah, we, we might look like we're like real laid back. We are, but it's just, we're, we're enjoying our job and we don't always have to be critical. Yep. So, well, um, I'm going to ask you, uh, some final words of advice for athletes for like the, I mean, really any, we'll say high school and under, uh, age athletes for, for going through, going through the ranks and, uh, dealing with like year-to-year things and kind of progressing in the sport, what would you tell them? Um, work hard. I would tell them to make sure with whatever time they're doing, with whatever, to do it to 100% because it's time. These are the best times of their lives. So make good decisions. And if you're doing something and it involves your time, give it 110% because in the long run, that's going to come back to regret, and regret is a terrible feeling. Mm-hmm. Oh, most definitely. I'll back that up for sure. For sure. Yep. So, but, dude, I want to say thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. It was fun catching up with you. Um, Absolutely. Hope to God next year goes as planned. And I'll, I'll see send you. our teams back down. Yeah. Um, I, what I would love to do is actually get up there for, like, Beast of the East or something. Or That'd come up cool. with, like, any cues. But um, We were doing we'll, some really good summer camps, like, with some high athletes, good good numbers and stuff, so. Definitely, and if you got if you got like a big camp down there, I would definitely make a trip down to the beach to do that, and hang out, catch up. Oh yeah, most definitely. I got a few people I can talk to for you. Great. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out, and maybe I make a trip up there for a week. Yep, that'd be great. I'm actually uh, working with, um, well, I'm in talks with Nia Grant, so she lives about 30 miles from me. If you're familiar with her. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. So she's actually going to be traveling the country if things get back to normal and doing like some camps and stuff. So. I was going to be her, me and her, we're going to be doing some with like some of her like pro friends overseas and stuff this summer. So I'll keep you in mind for that. Some good things. Awesome. 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 Yeah, man. Most definitely. Yep. So, all right, man. Well, I'm going to let you go. It was great catching up with you. Um, if you got anything else, um, I'll tell everybody, go ahead, follow their uh, social media, Sky Elite Volleyball. Sky, um, Sky Development, but we are pretty, we have a great social media presence, so. 
And then, um, or anything, uh, does Beaver have any kind of social media for the volleyball program? We have a Facebook page, but they're, um, we, we should be a Whippeal and State contender this year. So if they want to follow us there, we have, I've graduated three seniors my past two seasons here. So the freshman and sophomore class are in our juniors and seniors are going to be pretty fun to watch this year. Uh, um, I do have one other thing because I was actually doing a like a giveaway for a uh, uh, game film breakdown. And so I actually randomly chose uh, the people who actually shared and everything. Um, the person who's actually going to get the game film breakdown is um, Lauren Bauer. So Lauren, if you're paying attention, somehow watching, or I'll probably message you later. Um, uh, I will talk to you about setting that up. So, but thanks, Tyler. Um, I'll talk to you soon, man, and we'll figure out another time uh, to kind of get back on here and chat. Absolutely. Good uh, talking man. to you, brother. Thanks for your time. Yeah, always. All right, man.